time, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Longbox Crusade. I am your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and joining me, as always, is the Watson to my Sherlock, Mr. Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christados. How are we feeling today, Dr. Christados? Oh, well, Jared, I'm kind of out of breath from uh, sliding down these banisters. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a 10 second ride but man but man is this fun right yeah, man it's, uh, you've been up and down the banisters yeah, have a couple you? different times <laughs> okay well i'm glad you looked into that uh also joining me is the mycroft in my sherlock my older wiser brother jason the weasel skull albrick what's up today jason just remember that when you eliminate the impossible whatever remains however improbable must be the truth Got it. Good advice from my older brother, Mycroft. And today is a very, very special episode because we have our first guest on the show. He is going to be the Moriarty to my Sherlock. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the program, Darren Sutherland from the Rad Adventures Network. Welcome to the show, Darren. Oh, thank you all three for inviting me on the show. This is really exciting, even if I do have to be Moriarty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll let you be Lestrade. Oh, Um, no, I'll be Moriarty. (laughs) There you go, that's what I thought. I fit you, changed you too. Uh, What's the name of the lady who owns Baker Street? I'm Mrs. Hudson. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) you can be Mrs. Hudson if you want. Uh, We'll save that for Ruth. We'll save that for Ruth. We'll save that for Ruth. (laughs) No, she'll want to be Irene Adler. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yes. Uh, So since we have our first guest on the show, he's got a couple of questions for Darren to sort of introduce him to the audience. Darren, how did you first discover Sherlock Holmes? How did Sherlock Holmes enter your life? Uh, I imagine you were probably fairly young, but you go ahead and tell us the story. Oh, thank you very much. I'm excited to be on the show. I hope I don't bore anyone. If I do, just edit me out. But um, I'm very excited. Sherlock Holmes has been part of my whole life. Uh, his stories and that character is one of my like key, most favorite characters in every form and fashion from films to uh, TV to books. I honestly, the character's been there so long, I don't remember exactly the first time I saw or learned of the character, but I would guess it was probably the Basil Rathbone movies because those would be rerun on weekend matinee afternoons on TV very often when I was a kid growing up. I always watched them, so I'm assuming I probably saw them then with my dad. He was a big mystery fan. So, uh, okay. yeah, I would so guess that's where kind I of first. A, oh, okay. So some kind of Saturday matinee theater. That's what it's thought. perfect for this <laughs> show, isn't it? <laughs> and that's the reason uh, when I first saw this, uh, you guys posting about this, I thought, my goodness, they're going to cover it to something perfect for me. And I was there for that first episode listening right away but yeah i followed the character you know once i was hooked i was hooked forever i i read the books i can remember being a kid looking for them in the library uh when i was 11 my grandfather who was an avid reader and always got books for presents for birthdays and christmas but he only really read westerns but someone gave him a collection of sherlock holmes one year he passed it straight on to me when i was 11 so um i've always read those stories uh, any film or tv version i could see even, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sherlock Holmes in the 25th century, but it's an animated series about Sherlock Holmes 500 years in the future with a robot Watson. So yeah, I've heard of that. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll watch anything that has anything to do with Sherlock Holmes and love them all. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki made a wonderful series called Sherlock Hound, where Holmes and Watson are both dogs. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, animated series. But yeah, I'll, I'll watch and love them all. Some are duds, but... I'll try them all. My favorite version has to be the Jeremy Brett series that ITV made from 84 to 94. He's perfect in the role. The adaptations are very faithful to the original stories, uh, beautifully, lavishly filmed, lots of locations, just gorgeous productions. Uh, he loved the character. The, it was very successful. They planned to make them all. Sadly, he became ill and passed away uh, when they had only made 41 of the 60 that they planned to make. But that's my favorite version. I even read lots of the new collections. I've read the original stories many times, but especially the collections of new short stories that are curated by the Conan Doyle estate are usually, you know, lots of wonderful new stories. And I like to read those, too. So I'm always reading or watching Sherlock Holmes. And it's great to get to talk about it with you guys. Excellent. Excellent. Speaking of which, I'm going to do a quick plug uh, to a friend of the show, Alan J. Porter has been a part of a couple of collected editions and written some Sherlock Holmes stories. Oh, so very interesting. 
feel free, listening audience, to seek that out. I'm pretty sure you can go to uh, Amazon and do Alan J. Porter, and you'll see his works. And I know he's done some home stuff. So we're going to give a shout-out to him. He ain't no act. He ain't no act. <laughs> That's right. We're going to give a shout-out to Alan Porter. He's from our other network on her, uh, our James Bond network on her Majesty's Secret podcast. But but Darren mentioned short stories, and that reminded me we could, we could plug for our friends. So. Excellent. Excellent, Darren. My only other question I had for you was, what's your favorite version? And you answered that. All right. You did. You said it was the, uh, remind us again, it was the... The the Jeremy Brett TV series. Right, the Jeremy Brett TV series. And you know what I've just realized is that we've we've never checked in on our co-hosts here. Pat, where did you first discover Sherlock Holmes? Well, uh, as most everybody else, too, uh, as a kid, reading some of the, the books... I haven't read them all yet, uh, but I, I am familiar with some of the older books. Watching it on the TV, um, I, I think I mentioned before, like the, the BBC version, watching that right. would come on the TV, you know, throughout Saturdays and that. Uh, some of the older black and whites as well, too. I just like a, a good mystery like that and just trying to figure out how Holmes figures it out it intrigues mm-hmm. me. Because I have to watch it again, and, and you know, I'm trying to figure out and see all the little hints that are scattered throughout, either in the books or right. throughout the the show. So, and I'm just uh, I'm interested in in learning more and more about him as I'm older. I okay. can you know get get deeper involved in it. How about you, Jason? Okay, uh, you know what? I'm going to jump right. in before Jason, and there's a reason because I got it from Jason when I was about 11 or so. Jason had to this day the nicest looking Sherlock Holmes complete collection book I've ever seen. I don't know if you still own it, Jason. It was a hardback. It had all the original illustrations in it. Uh, it had that, you know how like they do, uh, you close a book, which you still see the edge of the pages. It had that gold uh, around the edge of the, of the very edges of the pages. So when you close the book, it had that gold uh, leaf look to it. Really nice. Yeah, and, I gave uh, that to my, my son when he, oh, when okay. he graduated. Yeah. That's where I found Holmes. I read all the ones that Jason had and just loved it. So much like James Bond and 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 Star Wars and all that, I inherited a lot from Jason. So I want to jump in and say that's where I got it. So then next we can find out where did Jason get it. <laughs> well, I actually first was introduced to Sherlock Holmes, at least as far as I can remember. You remember those big little books that were, yes, were yes, popular yes, back in yes, the day? Yeah. I got a bunch of those for Christmas one year, and uh, The Hound of the Baskervilles mm. was um, adapted into a big little book. And so I read that, and I really liked it, and I, I read it many times. And then not too long after that, in school, I had to do a book report, and they had The Hound of the Baskervilles in the school library, and so I knew that I liked the big little book, so I checked that out, and then I read that, and, and then the rest is history. You know, I've never really dabbled into the into the shows, though, the, the television shows. I Not that I had anything against them, I just didn't ever really watch them, and this is really kind of my first foray into the television world of Sherlock Holmes. So this is kind kind of fun for me, but yeah, I've read the books many times, and it goes back to that big little book. You know, it's funny when Jason mentioned that I can. Act, Jason really did love that book because I can remember being a little bit before I could read. You know, like maybe four years old or twenty seven. And uh, <laughs> but when I was about like four years old, I can remember Jason reading me that big little book. Oh. He liked it so much, he'd be like, "I'm going to read it. Again. I'll read it to you." You know, and of course, I'd sit there just enraptured. As Jason read the book to me. <laughs> that was good. Was, Did he use big still words? Good today. Of course, you know. He was Pope in the pool and all that jazz, <laughs> deuce, ex, machina, whatever. And, <laughs> well, anyway, I'm glad we got all got to kind of tell our origin story. So thanks for being on, Darren, just to light that conversation. Excellent. So I just wish somebody would tell us what Saturday Matinee Theater is really all about. Well, Jared, I am very glad you asked. Let me tell you, Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig into it. We've got some plans for down the road, but for the first stretch of Saturday Matinee Theater, we'll be covering all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series Sherlock Holmes, which is produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ronald Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So, take off your deer stalker cap, light your pipe, get cozy by the fireplace, 
and put on a robe and let's let the smoothing <laughs> let, let the smoothing smoothing <laughs> <laughs> uh, let the soothing violin music of Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. is excellent that sounds good pat man you've gotten better i swear that sounds better than when you played the violin yeah. in the last oh, thank episode. you and i yeah i notice when i do You've got mad skills yeah I, when i put on my robe and just kind of glide around the house playing it makes me feel better oh my goodness would anybody like an episode recap of this one I, I do. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, good. All right. Two people actually want one this time. Good. All right. I hey. didn't actually watch the show, so it's probably <laughs> oh, not yeah. good for me. That joke always returns at some point. All right. Well, today we're going to be reviewing episode three, which is called The Case of the Pennsylvania Gun. Its original air date was the 1st of November, 1954. This one was directed by Sheldon Reynolds, as well as written by Sheldon Reynolds. And it guest starred Russell Waters as Inspector McLeod, Maurice Tignac as Morrell, and Frank Dexter as the Sergeant. Here's your plot summary. Now, as a reminder... When I do these plot summaries, I do have some spoilers because I have to reveal plot points to move the story along, but I try not to reveal how Holmes discovered the plot points. So if you're listening to this, you can get a, a feel for what the episode is about, but I'm not going to reveal how Holmes makes his deductions. And that way, if you want to go to YouTube or, or wherever to watch the show and, and still enjoy it, you can do that. And as a reminder, these shows are all available on YouTube. So all you have to do is go there. And put in Case of the Pennsylvania Gun, and you will find the Sherlock Holmes episode. So, here's the plot summary. and Watson are lounging in their flat at 221B Baker Street when Watson correctly predicts that Holmes is interested in a baffling mystery out in the English countryside in Belston, to be specific. Holmes is officially requested to make the trip by Belston's Inspector McLeod. Holmes takes the case, along with his fishing gear, and heads to Belston with Watson. Inspector Douglas fills them in on the details. It would seem that John Douglas, the owner of a small castle, has been murdered in the dead of the night his head blown off by a sawed-off Pennsylvania Arms double-barreled shotgun. The castle surrounded by a moat, and the drawbridge was up at the time of the murder. The only people in the castle at the time of the murder, besides the deceased John Douglas, were his wife and his friend, Mr. Morell. Inspector McLeod is convinced that it's Morell, but Holmes isn't so sure, even though Morell did try to trick McLeod into thinking that Douglas's murderer left via window and jumped down into the moat. Morell has been trying to pin Douglas's death on an old, disgruntled business partner of both Douglas and Morell's, who's been seen in town in a loud tweed coat and a wide-brimmed hat. Holmes asks Watson to keep the inspector occupied in town for an hour while he investigates and has, of course, solved everything upon the return of McLeod and Watson. Holmes sets up Morell to reveal where he's hidden the tweed jacket and wide-brimmed hat of the mysterious former business partner that supposedly killed John Douglas. But Douglas is still alive. What? What game is Morell playing? If Douglas isn't dead, then whose body is in the castle? Tune in to find out. All right, team. You might find out through our discussion. Who knows? But that's how I wrote it. <laughs> All right, team. This is, the, this is part of the show where we do our highs and our lows. What did you like best about the show? Was there anything you didn't like about it? And as we have a guest, Darren, you get to go first. Well, thank you very much. And that was a really nice summary. I compliment you on it being perfect the first time. Thank you. That's how I do things. 
Just rolled right through it. Rolled right it's off the tongue. Perfect. This is a particularly good episode in this series, in my opinion. I, I love this series. Uh, I actually had the first opportunity to see it as a kid. The little rural area where I grew up didn't have a TV channel that carried this, but we would go in every summer for a week. We would go to Washington, D.C. to visit my dad's family. And I could almost always count on finding this show being rerun sometime. And I would I would watch it. So even all the way back then as a kid, I can remember seeing it. And I've always loved it. Ruth and I got it on DVD a few years ago. And this is a particularly good episode. One of the things I'll credit it the most for is they actually go out and do some location filming. And I love that because so much of this show is filmed just on sets. And it's really nice to have them out at a castle, at a manor house. It really adds a lot to the show. So this is a favorite of mine. So thanks for inviting me on for it. A couple of other favorite things I loved about this one are the fact that Watson knew from the very beginning that, of course, Holmes was going to be interested in this case, (laughs) no matter how hard he tried to pretend he wasn't. And I also love that Holmes had figured out just from reading the newspaper article so much of the case that he knew exactly the questions to ask, exactly what he needed to take with him. And he really had already almost solved the case before he even left 221B Baker Street. I love the boy who delivered the telegram. He was really funny. <laughs> so it was another person's point of view of Holmes and Watson, him calling them mad as a March hare. Well, that was really funny. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I couldn't understand what the boy was mumbling. He, he kind of mumbled it to me. At least maybe that's just uh-huh. my bad hearing. I was like, I, in my notes, I have, what is the mumbling boy saying? What does he call yeah, he As he leaves, he calls them both mad as March hares. Well, okay, so. Mad as March hares you are. What, what, and that, and not to cut into your time, but what does that mean? I'm glad you asked, Matt, <laughs> because I looked that up after the episode. I'm, gl- I'm glad Excellent. Jason is going to tell me. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I was wondering, too. Okay. So I looked it up. And Matt is March Hare is a saying because March is the time when the rabbits go into their mating season. And so they act funny and all unpredictable. So that's that's where that saying comes from. Okay. Excellent. All right. I, I really appreciate you looking that up. <laughs> we always count on Jason. <laughs> a couple of other things I liked, uh, the fact that Holmes and Watson, or in this case, Watson knew the rail train rail times by heart. Uh, that harks back to the stories. They knew the rail times. It would sometimes be important to know them without having to refer to them. And I like that Mrs. Hudson actually got a mention, though we still haven't seen her in the show. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'll mention, we just got uh, Jason telling us the thing he looked up. Of course, part of this also refers to Holmes with his fishing tackle, fishing for red herrings which uh, I've always loved that being a mystery fan, mysteries are my favorite genre of all time. And uh, I've always loved the red herring aspect of it. So I remember looking up uh, many years ago about red herring and that actually originates hundreds of years ago with the fact that people would drag red herrings along on a rope if they were trying to confuse hounds on a trail. So I always like that. There you go. So those were some of my high points. Excellent. Thank you, Darren. Uh, Let's go to Pat. Highs and lows, Pat. I have a few, just a couple of my notes, and thank Darren and Jason for kind of filling that one part of the mad as March, mad as a March here. I really didn't understand it. And then what what I did like is I was kind of thinking it was that because then the constable says it later on, too. Mm -hmm. He does. Like, oh, that's right. Kind of, that's maybe what the boy was mumbling, but for me, I couldn't really understand what he said there. Just some of my notes here is lounging around in robes. I need to do that more often. Seriously. Yeah, we all do. Maybe (laughs) maybe not in a robe, but maybe in my, um, what do they call those things? I'm doing it right now. Maybe I'll lounge around in my Snuggie. (laughs) Does he look good with a deerstalker hat? Yeah, it it might. If I get one that matches it, wait. Uh, I, I, as Darren mentioned to uh, Watson, realizing that they're going to go on the case. And I think Holmes is kind of playing with him because he's naming off those villages names. Mm-hmm. So I, and all with starting with the letter B, B just like Belston Manor. Yeah. 
but yet he's playing it off to Watson, and I like that little back-and-forth banter that they have there. A good life lesson uh, that I took from this, a good rule in life, they say, is always remember to throw back the little ones. Right. This is the second time I think he's kind of given us a little, at least a little nugget of something that I found to take away. I kind of like that little nice quote. I like that one. I'm glad you mentioned that one, Pat, because I particularly like that quote, because especially if you read the original stories by Arthur Conan Doyle, Holmes believes in justice, not the law. So from his point of view, you know, justice is not necessarily the same thing. And I think that that phrase sort of hints at that in those stories. Yeah. Well, and kind of makes sense in this story as well, too. Who they're after is... Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, as we go through these, we will find a little more, uh, you know, little nuggets of quotes here that, that are really cool. So if I hear them, I will definitely let you guys know. <laughs> Please do. Ah, so uh, just a couple finish up, just uh, one or two of my notes here. I like uh, when Watson tries to grill Holmes on where where what he's been doing for that hour that he has uh, McLeod away. And then uh, Holmes kind of just quickly reply, you know, as he says, oh, I've been down, you know, why have you been up and down in the on uh, the banisters and all that. And Holmes just replies back, why not? And then it's just enough <laughs> like <laughs> And he gives him that odd look and oh man. I, I I like that chemistry between Holmes and Watson where they can just kind of play off each other like that. It's very fun. Definitely. And then just the other people around them going, you know, what what's going on? Okay. That's about it. I, I kinda enjoyed this. I like the way the uh, was morale how he was mm-hmm. kind of just kind of thought highly of himself and how he would kind of quip back either to McLeod and oh I did you know I did did, did I when uh, McLeod was trying to tell him about the that the guy jumped out of the window and into the moat and I that part I really didn't really understand too much well I don't want to say I understand but if you jump out how would you even touch the spider web wouldn't you be a foot out at least jumping a foot out or did they just I I think what he was saying was that there was a spider web, a big one, like not right at the window, but below and and, and out a bit, like you know maybe between the the building and okay, so, somehow between the yeah. building and the moat. All right, but yeah, so yeah, Morel had basically you know lied and tried to say, oh, the guy who killed him jumped out this window and he put a fake footprint and everything, but but uh, but old McLeod, man, he was pretty sharp. Yeah, he he was, and again, it's those another. It's like, well, why did you need? Holmes there if you are so you know you're not so sure in yourself why have Holmes come all the way take whatever the the train and then 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 a coach to the area there that reminds me though I uh, Darren I think you're right there I do like them getting out of just the the sets and you can actually see that scenery and them being in front mm-hmm. of that castle back in that time yeah, yeah, that was really cool to look back and go wow that is a really neat kind of a thing yeah it's a shame they couldn't do that more. Yeah. Other than that, that I, I enjoyed the show. Jason, how about you? Yeah, I think you guys hit most of the things I was going to talk about. I noticed right away at the beginning of the episode, I really enjoyed the dialogue and just kind of the natural conversations that flow between Holmes and Watson. They really capture the feeling of two gentlemen who are very comfortable together and just kind of like two old friends where they're they'll answer in little phrases. They don't necessarily make eye contact. They're still just, Watson's still reading through his paper. And uh, it just, they, they capture that friendship and camaraderie between them very well, I think. I think that uh, the boys' reaction, as we talked about, was priceless, <laughs> and I like how that was mirrored by by the inspector at the or the police officer at the end of the near the end of the episode as well. They are two eccentric gentlemen, uh, except to us because we know them, so, <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't, doesn't seem as weird to us. So I thought that was really good. I I, I agree with with uh, Darren's comment about getting them offset and and out into another environment i think that was this was good timing for that we kind of talked about that a little bit in our last episode where you kind of have back-to-back set environments and the plots very similar this plot was a little bit different different environment and i i thought that was good the only thing that because i i felt compelled to try to to find something to, to criticize was the Scottish inspector sure sounded French to, to me. <laughs> I did not hear a Scottish 
Scottish brogue there, but that's that's really really minor. Yeah, and I do you remember. Uh, you may remember from episode one. That was one of my trivia things. They filmed this show in France, so you're going to get a lot of French oh. actors. Yeah, yeah. But the actor still was very good, and and I liked uh, I, I liked Inspector McCloud too. He he seemed very competent. And kind of to Pat's point, I mean, the reason, ultimately, the reason why Holmes, he he asked Holmes to go out there was because, you know, he had all this evidence and he's like, I'm pretty sure I got the guy, but something just didn't feel right. You know, he's like, I, he doesn't act like yeah. a guilty guy and, and I can't quite figure this out. So, so I, I thought that was kind of cool that he, he was very competent, but, but, but Smart enough to know when he was in over his depth and, and, and calling the man, so to speak. And, uh, and of course, Sherlock Holmes has it about uh, 80% figured out by the time he gets there. So so that's funny. And I'll just I'll close it out by saying I, I thought it was really kind of funny how they they treated their um, the I guess we'll call them alleged criminals at the end of it. And the inspector's like, well, you know, I'm off the clock. I'm out of here. You better be here when I get back. Oh, I will be. You know, there's yeah. there's obviously a code back then. It's like, oh, you caught me. I'll I'll be here in the morning. Well, uh, all right. Good night. I like that, too, when Holmes <laughs> goes back to grab his pole and then – Morel says, thank you, Holmes. Like, thank you for yeah, catching yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Thanks for the what? <laughs> well, remember, though, Morel didn't really do anything except for, like, obstruct a little uh, obstruction. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So he's not going to get he's it. He's probably. Even abetting. He's probably uh, still sort of, you know, saying, oh, you did just come and try to arrest me, you know, see if it'll hold up in court sort of attitude. Yeah. And, I mean, even the, the, the real murderer. You know, he it was self-defense. Yeah. He just kind of freaked out. So I don't know that anybody's really going to jail over this. But, uh, well, they got to catch that dude first. Uh, the yeah. murder. I get maybe that'll be in part four. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I did have to sort of criticize about it that I found odd is we learned during the story that all three of these men have false names. Oh, yeah. No one even bothers to ask them their real name. <laughs> like, like the police is going, I guess I should find out his real name in case he's wanted for something else. But no, it's just like, oh, you've got false names. Okay, let's move on with the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we're like, we're told that the only people in the house were Morel, the dude's wife, who we never see, yeah. and some servants who he's like, oh, but, you know, there's no way they could have done it because of some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they all check out. There. Like, okay. <laughs> and then, as, as much as I love the location filming, I I did have to chuckle that they went to the trouble to show Holmes and Watson and the inspector run across the bridge, mm -hmm. which is obviously not a drawbridge. It's got these <laughs> giant stone arches on both yeah. sides. <laughs> that is that is built in, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What could it come and go on? <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed so well that's all that i that that i had i, I thought it was a, another great episode and and so yeah my complaints are really minor it was indeed a good one only thing i'll add before i get to my trivia facts is there was a part and i wish i could remember the line off the top of my head i can't but it was watson was talking with inspector mcleod and Inspector McLeod was was uh, asking Watson some questions, and Watson gave him a very Sherlock Holmesy answer. I, I got you it. Know. I got that for you. Is it this? Oh, you got. The, okay, go uh, ahead. Is one of my. Uh, I wrote this down, and I was going to actually use it in the when you greeted me. Oh, okay. Go on then. Ah, but it, is it logical? Ah, that's right. Ah, but is it logical? And then, and then Inspector McLeod was like, uh, you know, well, what do you mean by that? Watson <laughs> says, I don't know. Holmes says it all the time. I thought maybe you would. <laughs> be able to tell me <laughs> is that the line you were thinking of funny. yes exactly exactly oh, okay. exactly and then, very funny i also like uh they both go what difference does it make yeah that's right. what difference does it make? Yeah, they say that a lot in this one <laughs> well yeah i thought mcleod was kind of a good uh replacement if you will for lestrade we you know we didn't have lestrade in this one we have mcleod who was a little bit more competent but ended up being almost as equally frustrated by Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and Sherlock still had to do that thing where he got rid of him for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jared, because I thought of that too. I was actually surprised that they didn't just call McLeod Gregson 
because Gregson's the other inspector right. that in the books he runs into instead of Lestrade, and Gregson's more competent than Lestrade. So I was surprised this wasn't Gregson. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's your point. Yeah, you make a good point there, Darren. That this McLeod seemed more confident than Lestrade. Right. Uh, right. Is very high on himself, and well, he hasn't had Sherlock Holmes there to chip away his confidence year after year. That's <laughs> 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 true. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, the uh, the trivia facts. Unless anyone else has any more throw-ins about the episode, anyone at all? No. Nope. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. My trivia facts are a little lean on this one, but I did find something mildly interesting. Russell Waters, who played McLeod, he played in some episodes of The Avengers, as Darren probably knows. Yeah. Darren, Darren's a fan. And in 1973, he played in the 1973 version of The Wicker Man movie. Now, that what makes that a little mildly interesting is that the guy who played Morel, Maurice Tignac, also was in a big movie in 1973, and he was in the original Day of the Jackal. So both of these guys oh. like did a lot of TV. They did a ton of TV, and then in 1973, they both got in kind of big movies. <laughs> so that was oh, weird. Yeah. The Day of the Jackal is one of my favorite films, the original. Oh, great. I've, I've, foresight. I've only seen the uh, remake, so I, I would love yeah, to see Yeah, me too. Lisa. Oh, you haven't seen The Day of the Jackal then. Oh, the, the original tells Frederick Forsythe's novel. It's wonderful. Watch it. I will make the time. Spe- but yeah, that's... Uh, speaking oh, of... Go ahead, uh, I was going to say, speaking of the other version of The Day of the Jackal, guess how I have that in format. <laughs> I'm going to go laser disc. Yes. Laser. <laughs> oh, Pat but I, I haven't seen the original, so I may have to look that one up. Uh, especially all of you Bond fans, if you like uh, classic early Bond, seventy-three Day of the Jackal, that's like watching a Sean Connery Bond film, as far as you know, pacing and effects and uh, approach. It's really good. Excellent. Good recommendation. Uh, Sorry to sidetrack. You can edit all that out, Pat. No, no, no. no. (laughs) It's quite all right. But I want to applaud, uh, Jared, you on your trivia every time, because one thing I wanted to ask is, as you're going through your trivia over these 39 episodes, I hope one of these days you come across why there is no season two, because this show is very successful. A second season of 39 episodes was ordered and for some reason never went into production. And I've never been able to find out why. So maybe as you do trivia, you'll figure it out. Challenged. Yes. (laughs) I look forward to hearing that. (laughs) A gauntlet has been thrown, ladies and gentlemen. I guess I have to dig into that. But uh, that's very interesting that it's 39 episodes for the first season. You know, nowadays, what do we get? 20. Like 13 for Thir- season one or well, yeah, yeah, 26 if you're lucky. 13 to 20 something, yeah. That was common in the 50s, though. Yeah. The approach was they didn't believe, they didn't know anybody would ever watch a rerun. So the, your main shows did 39 new episodes yeah. and they would run fall, winter, spring. And then you would have to give those actors and writers a break. You would have summer shows, which were 13 episodes long each summer. Mm. So main shows, 39 episodes. Minor shows, 13 episodes in the summer. Yeah, look at that. See? No, so no much yeah. Learning so much here on Saturday Matinee Theater, folks. Very nice. Well, those are the trivia facts and the spun-off trivia facts from those trivia facts. And uh, now it's time to rate the show. We've got each one of us has uh, five very nice, very clean, very antique-looking pipes in front of us. How many pipes would you award the show on a scale of one to five? One being, uh, you didn't like it. Two was just okay. Three, it was it was good. Four was very good. And five was, I loved it. So as usual, we're going to go with our guest first. Darren, what do you think? Well, thank you very much. I'm going to award this one four pipes because uh-huh. I do love this episode. I think it's a really great one in the series. I would almost give it five, but I've been rewatching the show and I've only rewatched about half. So I'm waiting to see how does it fully compare but it's four but maybe even better it's a great episode all right all right uh jason how many pipes i'm gonna give it another five pipes i i think uh, five pipes yep yep i think this one was 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 really good and uh excellent um yeah i i continue to enjoy it oh jason went with the maximum of five that's our first five on this show great pat pipes well I'm going to be... Uh-oh, Tap's back. I can hear it. I can hear Tap Samson in the house. I'm going to give it a three. This gives good. I... Moriarty. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm angry now. Boy. Man. Pat. I... If you guys need a new permanent host, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. Um, you know, it's... 
I couldn't get to that very good. I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it, but I, I know there's something better out there. You've been so grumpy yeah. on every show we do lately. I know. Jason gives it a five, four out of Darren, three from Pat. Man. What do you give it? Honestly, I got it written down as a five. Oh, okay. um, I have, I've watched this series once before back in like, ah, late, like 2001. I remember almost nothing about it, but this is the one episode that I did remember because I really liked the mystery. It had a lot of layers crammed into, you know, 26 minutes. I liked the chemistry from the actors. I liked the location uh, shooting. Uh, this one's this is one of my favorites from the series, so I am giving it a five. And I, I've I've watched this episode like three times now, just uh, in, mm-hmm. in my viewing for this. And yeah, I'm sorry, folks. You want to everyone? Yeah. Everyone is entitled to their own yeah. opinion, no matter how wrong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> I love I love it, Pat. So um, it's one of those things where there's going to be one that you'll give a five, mm-hmm. and I'll give a three, mm-hmm. and It's just it it hits something right for me and Jared and Jason, but doesn't for you. And that's perfectly fine. And I'm glad you can say it because there's going to be that range of opinions in the listeners anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Good point. So basically, we'll let you slide, Pat. That's what he's saying. We'll let you slide. All right. I appreciate it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So those are our scores. Now it's time to get into Letters to Baker Street. So here are the folks who took the time to like and share and uh, retweet and take care of us on social media, uh, both on Twitter and on Facebooks. We greely appreciate spreading the show. And here's our list. Pat, kick it off for us. Well, I'm going to start it off with Al Sedano, but you can just call him Al. <laughs> and then I will follow up with Alan Middleton. I don't know if Al, if we can just call him Al. We'll call him Alan. <laughs> Professor, Professor Alan, if you will. Professor Alan, yes. Yeah. And I have Chris from BTO and Bat Books, Bat Books for Beginners. Let it roll! Let it roll! Down the highway! <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I get the pleasure of mentioning our good friend of the show, Clinton Robinson. Thanks, Clinton. Then we have David Collins, old Ben One. That wizard's just a crazy old man. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. And always creeping around there is Delvin Darkweb Felix Leiter at D Ray nineteen seventy seven, or as we call him, Silver Hand. <laughs> Silver Hand. I just thanks Delvin. Thanks, Delvin. And hey, let's see if anybody listening to this when this comes out. Start tweeting to Delvin when asking him when he's going to be and join us on the show. Let, let, <laughs> put some pressure yeah, on let's him. put some pressure on him. Give us a hand, folks. A silver hand. A silver hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the next one I have is the other half of Bat Books for Beginners, Jerry Green at Professor Frenzy. Hey. hey, thanks, Jerry. Oh, it's me. I pulled a pat. I'd like to say thanks to Gord Tolton. Gord Tolton. That sounds like a made up name, but we appreciate the support, Gord. Oh. It's me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have the. Oh, you know what? This is really cool because it's one of my favorite superheroes, Hal Jordan. Thank you, Hal. Dang, Hal's brightest day and blackest, blackest night. No podcast shall escape his sight. Sight. Nah, that <laughs> and so I will follow it up here with my bro Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist at Yard Sale Artist, and I will return the favor in kind. To my brother, Jason. Thanks for sharing the show, Jason. I'm glad to know you care. <laughs> I do. I do. Please listen to me. I know I jumped you, Darren, but I had to I had to, I had had to. to throw back to Jason. That was perfect. Because <laughs> now I can thank Ken Solo, who the wonderful colorist and who colors so many of Jared's great pieces of art, including one I just saw today on Twitter for Lana Wood. Fantastic. Yes, Ken is the man. Ken is the man. Pat, I, I jumped a turn, so you go right ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to give it up for the one, the only, Christatos. Thank you, Christatos, wherever you are. Ah, he's crushing candies. He's building farms. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's making love out of nothing at all. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to give a shout out here to Lava Hog at Lava Hog. So. Thanks, LH. Yeah, from the Parleypod Network. Right. And I get to thank Michael Allen Carlisle, our buddy who does the crap box of the Son of Cthulhu. We call him Mac. <laughs> Michael Allen Carlisle. Uh, I'll throw it out to, I'm always proud to throw it out, proud as a peacock to throw it out to Mike Peacock. Yay. Thanks, Mike. 
And I'm going to give it a, a shout out to Nethead at Nethead. Thank you, Nethead. And then, of course, there are friends there at Honor Majesty Secret Podcast. You can find us uh, hanging around there from time to time. But uh, thanks, uh, OHMS. <laughs> and I jumped the gun earlier when I was uh, thanking Jerry Green and, and pointed out that he is Professor Frenzy. I see he shows up yet again. He's wanting to be thanked twice. <laughs> he deserves it. Uh, <laughs> who are these people? Who are yeah. these people? I got to thank the Rad Adventures Network. That's That sounds made up, but we appreciate the support, Rad. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. It's your yeah. turn. Well, I want to thank the one, the only, Ruth Sutherland. Thank you, Ruth. We missed you on this show. <laughs> thank you, Darren, as well, too. That's the other half of that. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, we I'm didn't, thankless, we, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even have Delvin to impersonate Ruth Sutherland. And so I guess it's my turn, and I'd like to thank Ryan Daly. So thanks again for listening, Ryan. We really appreciate it. And it looks like I get to thank myself at the end because it's <laughs> Trekker Talk, which is one of our podcasts, which, what's it about, Jared? I can tell you what it's not about. It's not about <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I thought it was about just you and Ruth liked hiking or, or biking with the truck bikes. As Delvin would say, you're getting high off your own supply right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we do appreciate the likes and retweets there, Darren and Ruth and Trekker Talk. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Now let's move into the comments section. We've got a good handful of comments here, so each one of us is going to cherry pick one of our favorites. Uh, Pat? Pull a comment out of the 221B mailbag. Well, Jared, I am going to pick one from Mr. Ryan Daly. And Ryan says, a nearly perfect episode ruined by Christatos. Zero one. Uh, <laughs> drop the needle on the wrong song when at Yard Sale Artists started singing Me and Mrs. Jones. Should probably unsubscribe now. Uh. <laughs> Don't unsubscribe, my, Ryan. You break my heart, Ryan. That's harsh. <laughs> that is harsh. Right. We'll, we'll make it up to you now, Ryan. Uh, uh, Pat, give me that beat. Me and Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. We're gonna be big stars. We got Dang it. No. We got no. <laughs> got a thing going on you're, you're losing ryan daily pat uh, uh, i'm sorry ryan i do apologize <laughs> it's quite it's a funny thing Please i'm don't partially to, to blame i partially blame ryan because because pat sent me a preview of the show and i mentioned it i said hey you you, you dropped uh, mr jones and i was singing me and mrs jones and pat's like you want me to change it and i was like no nobody will notice <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was wrong. Thank you, Ryan, for listening in the comments. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ryan hasn't slept in a year, yeah. so he's just probably not in a very good mood right now, Pat. <laughs> Jason, grab something from the mailbag. Well, I'm going to. That was my mailbag gonna, sound effect. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm pulling out a letter here from Aaron Head Moss. Aaron says, wasn't sure at first since I don't think I've seen these and I don't have time to watch them right now, but I'm loving the show. You guys are doing a fantastic job and make me want to watch these. And I think I can speak for all of us when I say, make the time, Aaron. These are really good. And again, they're really short. They're less than 30 minutes. So yeah, I think I've been pleasantly surprised. I think the fellas have been pleasantly surprised. Well, maybe not Darren because Darren's seen these before. But yeah, these are fun. I'd really encourage you to check them out. And I think you'll get even more out of the podcast if if, if you watch along with us. It doesn't cost you a dime right there on YouTube. All right. I'm, I'm going to get a, bag, a letter out of the bag. All hey, right. You jumped hey. your turn. It's I'll my hand turn. It, I know, but I'm handing it to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> to you. Easy, easy, Tiger. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's from our good friend, Kirk Spencer, who... Uh, Said Christados is the smooth in a smooth up in your jam. Oh. I, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Nobody does. Smooth up in your jam. All right. <laughs> but our good friend Kirk is always right with his opinion, so it must be true. <laughs> uh, yes, he's he's not to be challenged. I, I appreciate that. Let's see, I'm going to get in the mail back here. And here we've got one. It says it's from Ruth, but it's signed from Darren. <laughs> I, but I will read it as appropriate. All right, because uh, they like to work together as a duo, so I'll read it as a duo. Another great Sherlock Holmes episode, gentlemen. Good summaries and nice trivia. I can remember watching reruns of this show as a kid. 
It wasn't broadcast where I live, but we usually visit family near Washington, D.C. each summer, and I could frequently find the show on TV there. I think that's actually Darren. That was earlier this episode. <laughs> I think he mentioned that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, they go on to say that Ruth and I... Darren goes on to say, Ruth and I are thoroughly enjoying rewatching the show and following along with your coverage. We appreciate the great support we've gotten from you, Darren. We're glad to have you on the show. We're glad you're a friend of the shows, and we really appreciate your feedback. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. Thank you. (sighs) I guess now it's time for the saddest part of the show, because that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. And if you'd like to hear from more from us in the realm of comic books, you can check out The Long Box Crusade. If only someone could tell me more about that. Pat, do you know anything about that? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. <laughs> the peppiness is back. Well, let me tell you about Long Box Crusade. It's a podcast <laughs> that we cover a wide variety of different comic books each episode on The Long Box Crusade. You can also check us out also on the Longbox Crusade Crusader Chronicles, where we are going chronologically through the comic book collection of mine. And we have lots of fun doing it. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Oh, you're welcome, Jared. <laughs> you can also find us talking about James Bond films, previously mentioned on Her Majesty's Secret podcast. How about if I put Jason on the spot and let him tell us where to find that? Let's see if he knows. <laughs> Where to find it? I have no idea. What it is, I can tell you. James Bond films on our is on Her Majesty's Secret podcast or O H M S S. O H M S pod. O H M S pod. Sorry, God dang, man, you really put me on the spot. So. So here's what it is. You know, so they've got uh, a lot of uh, James Bond podcasts out there. You have super knowledgeable people on it that know everything about James Bond. So we've got our, our uh, sister podcast on on Her Majesty's Secret podcast. And uh, it's got our, our guy, Alan J. Porter, and it's got Van Allen Plexico. And these guys know a ton of James Bond. And, and so there's all of these out there. We ain't that. What we are, <laughs> what we are, is my brother and I who grew up watching James Bond films, so we know a little bit. But whenever I listen to James Bond radio or Alan J. Porter, I realize how much I don't know about James Bond. But uh, we've watched James Bond a little bit growing up. We've probably watched all the shows about a, a dozen times each. And then we have Pat and Delvin who've never watched it before, so we're enjoying taking a, a journey through the James Bond collection. We're going to watch all of the Bond films uh, right up to the release of Bond Twenty Five. Fingers crossed on that one, right, folks? And so, and we're 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 taking our rookies at, out for a spin, seeing what they like, what they don't like. Uh, We've got some trivia games mixed in there, uh, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, a podcast that's uh, a little different than the other James Bond podcast, but we're having a good time doing it, and we hope you'll check us out. I think Jason covered it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's on our Magic Secret podcast, plays on all your podcast catchers, and you can check it out at at OHMSpod on Twitter. Thank you, Jason. Now, if you'd like to chat with Before I get to that part, Darren, tell us about your podcasts. Hey, this is Ruth. I just grabbed the microphone and I want you to find us on Ruth and Darren Rad Adventures Network. Delvin, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Delvin. I just got in for lunch from work, oh. and I was so excited to see Darren was still talking with you guys. So I just took a seat and took the microphone and wanted a chance to say hi. Well, welcome to the show. Real welcome to the show, Darren. Real Darren. No, Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> Real Darren. Real Ruth. It's still early out here. Well, good to hear you. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you for dropping in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Happy to. I can't wait to listen to the episode, so I look forward to it. Well, go ahead and plug your shows, Ruth, while you're yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, while we okay. got you. So on the Rad Adventures Network, you can find Trekker Talk, where we talk about Ron Randall's creation, Trekker, wow. about 20th, 23rd century bounty hunter. It's lots of sci-fi action and adventure. And on Xenozoic Xenophiles, we talk about Mark Schultz, Xenozoic Tales, also known as Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. And, of course, Warlord Worlds, where we talk about all things created, written by Mike Grell. So that includes Green Arrow, Warlord, of course, and more. Lots of fun. Awesome. I enjoy all of those shows. Very good shows. Oh, thanks so much. Ooh, and we got the other half, Darren Ruth. I feel like our lives are yeah, fulfilled here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was Great something timing. that was missing, and now it's <laughs> now it's fulfilled. Somebody call Delvin. Get Delvin on the line. They're going to get everywhere. It's going to be... <laughs> 
Critical critical mass has been achieved. <laughs> well, maybe oh, we goodness. can. Maybe if we get enough people to ask that Delvin join the show, we can get Delvin <laughs> and Ruth and Darren on again, and it'll be awesome. Oh, that would be wonderful. We'd really enjoy that. <laughs> Putting the screws to Delvin. <laughs> well, that's excellent, and I'm glad that they're here. And what I want to do now is uh, let you know where you can find us if you just want to chat with us uh, personally. So, uh, Pat, where can they find you out there on the cyberspaces? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> if you, I hate Peppy Pat. <laughs> <laughs> it's Peppy Pat. Bring back tap. I'm so glad you asked. I can be found on the Twitter at Christatos01 if you'd like to find me. Otherwise, if you like to play games, you can find me on Candy Crush Saga as Christatos. Or if you play Heyday, I'm also there too under Christatos Farm. Come and join me and play. Jason, how about you? Mm. So weird. <laughs> anyway, I'm uh, at Weasel Skull on Twitter. I'm also Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And Albrick is A-L-B-E-R-I-C-H or think I'll be rich. Excellent. Darren and or Ruth, where can they find you to chat with you personally on the social medias if they'd like to? Well, I'm back this time. I don't know who that imposter was really. It must have been Dale. <laughs> Delvin was here. <laughs> Rat Adventures Network. Uh, you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, our individual shows, Trekker Talk, Warlord Worlds, and Xenozoic Xenophiles are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So come and follow us. Excellent. If you want to hear more from me, all you got to do is check out at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter or Yard Sale Artist on Facebook. And that is a wrap. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next episode, which is going to be the case of the Texas Cowgirl. Mm. I feel like I watched that at late night on Cinemax once, mm. but that might be something. Totally <laughs> <different. laughs> um, the case of the Texas Cowgirl is available on YouTube. So, like some of these other folks who have found our show, go check out uh, Sherlock Holmes' Case of the Texas Cowgirl on YouTube. Meet us back here. What's the meetup location? 221B Baker Street, of course. Uh-huh.